Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. They've outgrown their age of rebellion, dulled the Empire's edge, defeated Imperial generals and the Pirate Queen's dredge. They've been soldiers and scoundrels, what's there left to be? How about lost life looking for their force and destiny? There's a seer, hermit, investigator, and teacher better watch your back or vibe or rings gonna reach you. Will this team find the light or will darkness win the day? Find out with the heroes of the Hadian way. Previously on Heroes of the Hydean Way, Kesh, Koba, Hillary, and Skip landed on the planet Dak, well, within the planet Dak, and took the time to really consider what's been going on. They had found the holocron of Soldier Ward on a crash ship with a slain crew. They had picked up the task of delivering it, but then it grew to collecting the missing crystals, fighting a bounty hunter and an Imperial Inquisitor, and only just escaping with their lives. And now, they decided to make their own plans to meet their destinies head-on. But how can they get there from here? Find out this week in Always a Bigger Fish. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a Star Wars actual play podcast, and we're playing in Fantasy Flight Games' Force and Destiny system, inspired by Chronicles of the Gatekeeper Adventure, as developed by Tim Cox and Max Brook. This is Act 3, Episode 7, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. I'm Koba, the Doug Sentinel investigator, slash uh, Sheehan expert. And I'm Hillary, and I am the star of the show! It's wow. true. It's the Hillary show. I have a saber now. I have two. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the red is a little disconcerting, but, you know, it adds some dramatic flair. I just want to go on record. Uh, this is... This is this was Cash's crystal, so it's whatever dread is attached to it is her fault, not mine. Well, she does tend to drape herself in blood-colored clothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. A fair observation. That's probably what happened to this thing. She got blood on it. I don't think she's bled out much, but I don't know for sure. Seeing as I get knocked out a lot. Might might not have been her blood. Ooh, the blood of her enemies. Yeah, I think Trandoshans drink that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Enemy tartar. A little bit of time has gone on since we last checked in on the heroes. At an odd time, when it is Hillary and Koba in the same room, CMT R one four makes their way over to the two of you and. Politely raps on the nearest thing. Um, hello, Padawans. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a surprise that the sensors have shown to us. Normally, we don't see anything out here, really beyond the turbines that run power for the place, and the occasional school of fish and corn coming by. They hunt fish. Normally, we don't see that much metal, at least not refined metals, that seem to be a ship out in the waters that 
doesn't appear to have fallen from the surface. We see that every now and then in try and scavenge parts, but with this ship, it seems to have just appeared. In fact, there was even a pressure wave that alerted the droid watching the sensors to look in that direction. Because of that, they then are now seeing this ship. Are you saying there's a submarine coming closer to this place? Oh, no, it doesn't appear to be mobile. It appears to have just been a space transport that has appeared near here. Taking a census of the other droids here, we have never seen something like this. Well, beyond those that every now and then pass through the hangar, almost everyone who comes in through the hangar comes in through the hangar. It isn't just randomly showing up outside on the ocean floor. So... This is just a simple question. I feel it's not really technically related to the ship outside, but um, do you get a lot of people through your hangar mystically appearing with no real explanation? Um, it depends on what you mean by oft. In organic terms... Other than for a few species, no, not often at all. Maybe once a generation for an average human or corn generation. Okay, but still enough that it's not really unusual. After the first three times, we got used to it. Aha. The first time. Oh, the first time. There was a great amount of consternation. Alarms going off. Which, which time are we? Um, carry the two. You are about the 19th. Great. Do they make it out, the others, did they? Oh, yes. Well, except for that one time, but they purposely did not want to go. It was nice having them around for that long. Usually, every time that a group or individual that has come here that has needed the respite of this outpost, when they're needing to go, a way finds them, or they disappear again. A way like, perhaps, a ship materializing right outside your facility? Is that a thing? Oh, that would make it make much more sense. Yeah. Normally, that sort of thing happens when the ship just appears in the hangar bay. That's this is the first sense. time we've seen it show up outside like that. The forest continues to be a uh, cruel mistress. Indeed. I was going to say unknowable, but perhaps both descriptions work. We do have a small selection of... Underwater operation suits. I believe we even have some in your size, Padawan Hillary. If you were wanting to take a look and try and recover this vessel, or even just investigate it, I do believe we have the facilities to do so. You know, I have never walked under this much water before. Wouldn't it crush me horribly? That would be what the suit is for. 
that and making sure you don't fly up to the surface. Well, that's that sounds very interesting and all, but I don't know that... Hillary kind of looks between our host and Koba, trying really hard not to look at the new limb. I, I don't know that it's necessarily an us thing, if you know what I mean. All right, well, tell Cash and Skip where I've gone, and I'll uh, let you know what I find. Where are these, uh, suits? Oh, if you follow me, they're on the upper level. And starts walking off, going to the upper level of the underwater station. And on the top level of the station, there's more bunks. In this case, they're more suites. The base runner, the captain, the lead scientist would have. Then there's also a... In this case, it does look very antiquated, but it looks to be a airlock with an elevator attached to it. So you'd go in and the water would come in, rise up, and then the elevator would take you up to the sand layer. So you could go out onto the bottom of the ocean. Hillary, if you don't hear back from me in two or three hours... uh... No, I'm coming. Just wish my companions would learn how to rest. Take a drink. Heal, feel better, know where they're going to go do things. On the bottom of an ocean. When you stop expecting to uh, ever really feel better, you can get a lot of things done. That is a depressingly motivational statement from you, but... Point taken. Dear host, (laughs) if we are not back, please alert our companions. Oh, most certainly. I suppose we're going on a stroll. I'm going on at this point, the coincidences of things being fit for a Trandoshan, a Aline, and a Doug are a little passe. That when you get to the place where the suits are, you find six suits, one of which is properly sized for an Aline. One does look to have the correct appendage layout for a dug. And you find one that does have the three claw of a a Trandoshan. A perfectly serviceable one that could be worn by Skip if they ever wanted to go outside. One with that looks to be a really long snout, as if, say, a Burdotten were going to be wearing it. And the last one looks like it would easily take one of the multi-limbed beings such as a Zexto. So you get there and there's actually deep sea suits for the two of you. We put them on. <laughs> He's Koba puts them on. Hillary will likewise don the uh, appropriate suit. What are we talking? We're, we're talking like 20,000 leagues under the sea leather suit with a braced kind of torso in the diving bell helmet type thing or something fancier a little more 70s or a little fancier and more 90s for the helmet i'm thinking that it is we're gonna be buzz lightyear it's a fishbowl for the head okay cool cool 
it's a lot more old school, so it's closer to the uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the ancient version of it. Okay. It looks kind of more leathery, a lot more steampunky, but the actual helmet is very much a fishbowl-style helmet. It has the tank on the back, but also has a bit of an exoskeleton running through it. Once you've got it on and seemingly powered, at the moment it feels like it's fighting you. When you get out into the ocean, it does add a bit of resistance to your movement, but it makes it so that you're able to walk with a lot of certainty. Okay. How far away is the anomalous vessel? The anomalous vessel is 1.2 kilometers Hillary will take a moment to pose and kind of get used to the suit. Since he's used to moving freely, it's kind of not comfortable. One very important question. Gear. There are places to hang it on the outside for things such as lightsabers or the like. The smaller sorts of gear would be on the inside or part of a backpack that would go with the tank. That's a despair waiting to happen, but I'm going to have my lightsaber strapped in the holster on my hip. You get into your suits, get them buttoned up. The two of you check CMT, helps you make sure that all the different seals are there. You get onto the pad that this elevator airlock has, and the water starts filling up in a... It's not super fast, but it's definitely fast enough that it's not taking... A long time to fill up this volume. After the last of the air is forced out at the top, a four-part lid slides off into the four corners. This square elevator pad starts rising up. A little bit of sand falls down onto the elevator pad as you look out. It's pretty dark here. On each of your shoulders, you have a glow stick that's built into the suit that pretty much goes straight forward from your shoulders. However your torso is turned, you'll have light directly ahead, and there is a toggle on the chest plate of your suit to turn them on and off if you so want. Are there any external lights on the facility? There are, but they're very muted. They're muted and yellow. It looks kind of like a full moon out in the middle of the wilderness. There is not much light down here because you're on the bottom of the Moncala Ocean, which is huge. But the lights that you see look like they've been made to imitate an organic style instead of it being like a floodlight or anything like that. Yeah, I feel like that would probably attract more attention than you really want. The lights here, they're there, but they're not super bright. They've gone out of their way to look organic. Next to one of the lights, you can see a small grouping of fish that are in a small school flicking around each other. Can we see the ship? Yes, you can see a tint of yellow light getting reflected back at you. Uh, Last question, can we communicate between ourselves, or will it be pantomime? At least at the moment you're able to communicate with each other. Despairs and high amounts of threat could change that, but yeah, right now the suits are definitely linked to each other. I figure the station is 
on a different channel that you'd have to click between, essentially changing frequencies. Yeah, like a, a radio. Okay. Yeah. You can talk to each other, and it's set up so that the two of you can just talk. Well, in spite of that being the case, Hillary is going to go very still and do the the hand motion to the face, and then the hand motion out toward the thing, and do the two eyes to the two eyes, and then, you know, like little walking motions, and then thumbs up. Koba scowls a little and proceeds in that direction. There's a quiet fist pump behind you, because he feels victorious, and Hillary follows. Is it silty? Like, are we kicking up clouds of stuff as we move? I'm going to go with yes. That there is very little that actually is on the bottom of the ocean here. So when you're walking along, and the suits that you're in are weighted enough that you actually are walking on it. It's You aren't sinking down into the silt, but you are definitely walking on it. And as you're doing that, there are small puffs of silt coming up. As you're looking up from the direction of the ship that you can see twinkling, you see a large stone arch. It's not circular, it's more ovoid, pointing off to the left. It's got several fingers of a, a species hanging down. They look more like roots. They're not real fingers. They're kind of like roots trying to sift small animals out of the water. And a tiny bit of like, look relatively like coral on the side of this rock and oval that are on the side closest to the nearest light. It looks like it's just slowly growing off to that direction. But not the direction we're headed, right? This feature is in between you and the ship that you're going off to. As you're going off there, can I get a... One purple, one setback survival check for negotiating the weird flooring. Indeed. Thank you, walking. Side note, as a table mom, we've got two light, one dark. <laughs> I say that because it might be important in the very near future. <laughs> <laughs> um, on a roll of two green, a purple, and a black, I got two success. And on four green, a purple, and a black, I got one failure. And three advantage. Hmm. Koba's very cunning, but apparently knows very little about sand. This sand is not coarse and rough and irritating, at least not as far as he can feel because he's in a suit, and that just throws him off entirely. This is a totally different mode for sand. Considering where the failure actually came from, it which is the suit, <laughs> it is entirely the suit that is causing Koba an issue. I think... What's, what's helping Hillary here is probably the fact that, as a performer, he's had to wear a lot of weird costumes. So he's, he's actually figured out how to move in the suit to make it work. So he's, he's kind of moonwalk bounding alongside. <laughs> Absolutely makes sense. Clearly, whoever designed this suit wasn't actually a Doug. That wouldn't surprise me, really. Uh, I, I don't know. It just feels... Awkward, but you know, if you if you move your arms a little, you'll get the feel for it, like this. But my arms are supporting my weight. Your your, your limbs, the upper limbs that you move like this. 
right my arms they're what I walk on but you are being intentionally obtuse I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I think by now it would make sense that you would know that I manipulate things mostly with my lower limbs fair point so if you move your various limbs a little bit You'll begin to pick up the motion of the suit. You'll be able to move as one. Like this. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit more. Koba attempts to move as one with the suit. <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking at this time, one of the brutes that are dangling down finally finds Koba and is attempting to very slowly drag him uh, to the top of the arch. Like it's like it's moving? Yeah. Oh. Essentially like it's a vine. A hungry vine. <sighs> Koba grabs for his lightsaber. Probably the crosscard lightsaber specifically. Okay. It's very slowly pulling you up. If you're wanting to turn and slice at it, I'm gonna go with, yeah, you'd be able to. Yeah, that sounds like a it sounds like a good plan. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound like a good plan, but it sounds like a plan that Copes can go with. I mean, if there's another plan that you might go with, I totally no. am down for that. All right. No, I just I just recognize that this might go very badly. <laughs> I do want to get a lightsaber roll off of you. Just a right. normal lightsaber in melee roll. No defense, no nothing. Six successes, one threat. All so, right. uh, Koba draws his his lightsaber, which still is using the crystal he got from Kesh, but the hilt has been reforged into a cross guard. So when he ignites it, it's sort of a, a burning red, and then the little two smaller bits pop out also as he cuts at this thing. It very easily slices through. And the thing that you notice first is that you're no longer being dragged up. In fact, the limb itself yards back a lot quicker than it has moved before. But the other thing is, is that you're slowly falling down. You feel that the mixture inside your suit is trying to rise, but the suit itself is pulling down. And it's balanced in such a way that it's going down, but it takes a good... 10, 15 seconds to actually land again and your hands make contact and you kind of feel the extra momentum of needing to bend your elbows to absorb it and come back up very much leaping on the moon yeah, Koba keeps um, as he gets his hands back under him keeps the lightsaber gripped in probably just one foot and, and looks around for any other sources of danger or perhaps any sign that there's that, that there's something attached to the uh, erstwhile vine thing. It doesn't look like there's anything attached to the vine. The vine does look like it is wrapping around this arch. There's now six and a half of these tendrils going down. Most of them are waving in the current of you rising up and falling down but the half one there 
it's wrapped around and up against the arch. It looks like there's a lot of buildup on the side of the arch, and it then very quickly goes through a shift of colors as you look at it, and then settles back into looking like the arch. Watch out for anything that looks, uh... Suspicious. Hillary, who... All of this happened very quickly, except for the descent, was just kind of watching, because it grabbed Koba, started to pull him up, Koba went, and then went, and landed. Uh, So Hillary just watches for a moment, and then, in a very slow underwater, because the water is thick and has to get out of the way, Right. What are you doing? Um, I think I'll get my saber out too, just in case. Hillary also draws a saber, and after a moment of fiddling, because that's what my uh, creation issue was, I turn it on. With the two sabers that are on, they're there and... These ones are very much like the magnesium rods that you sometimes see divers use. The water around them is boiling and bubbling off on account of that's what's happening as water touches the blade. As you're moving along, you've got Hillary's and Koba's bathing everything in a blue and red light. You've got the greenish-yellow light of the passive lights from the station. And you've got the more harsh glow lights of the uh, shoulder lights. As you make your way past this arch, the ship itself looks to be settled into the silt a bit. The bottom of this ocean does have somewhat of a dune structure to it, like silt goes higher, silt goes lower kind of thing. As you crest the this dune of silt, you see a surprisingly familiar ship, a shining Githrock 720. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. No, probably not. Shall we go get the old girl and get her in the hangar? I suppose we're going to need a way out of here sooner than later. Yes, since we can't just trust the poof. <laughs> after you. Or after me. What would you like? I'll go first. Koba goes first. Okay. Hillary will follow. Saber very, very drawn. The only access that is really available at the moment is the topside airlock. Especially in your suits. The topside airlock is a one-person-sized airlock that has the wonders of a ladder on it. So Koba's going through that one first? Yep, I think so. Yeah, the suits are cumbersome enough that... Though you're going down a ladder, I do still want to get a athletics or a coordination check. Are you leaving your lightsaber on while you're going down through the airlock, or no? No, he will uh, turn it off and return it to where it was clipped to the suit. In that case, it'll just be a one purple, one setback. Uh, on a coordination check, uh, you just got one success. All right, so... You get down to the bottom of the ladder, and 
surprisingly enough, the inside of it is dry. Uh, are you signaling up for Hillary to follow? If Copa can get out of the airlock or whatever so that there is room for Hillary, then yeah. M- minimize the amount of time that we're separated. I was figuring that, yeah, you'd go in through the airlock, airlock would do the airlock thing, and then you were able to get down. There are no lights on inside the ship other than the lights from the dive suit. I guess when uh, when Koba gets in there, now that I think about it, um, he'll just ping sense to see if there's any living living things in uh, short range. All right, sure. Not a lot of information. Oh, hmm. Okay, I've got two dark side pips, so if I want to do that... Yeah, why not? I will uh, flip a point and suffer a strain and a conflict to use one of those pips to just use senses base power, which is uh, just get get the presence of living things within short range. Short range, I figure, is enough to feel Hillary on the outside of the ship yeah. and get a good idea of what's going on inside the ship, too. And you don't feel anyone laterally from you. You definitely get the familiar sense of Hillary above. And... You do get a weird and very immense feeling of something beneath the ship, but not on the ship. Yeah, but not yeah, not in the ship. Correct. Okay, then once once uh, once Copa's done that, he will signal to Hillary to come on through via comms or whatever other method. Yeah. So then get a one purple one setback check from Hillary. Coordination. Sure. Boop. Right. I do the, the hop slide with a flourish. Two success, two advantage. The two of you get down, and as you're down looking around, figuring that you come down into essentially what was the middle of the eating area, the more lounge area of the ship, that in the middle table there, standing in the middle of the table is a coffee press carafe, that is currently empty, but leaning against it is a gift card for Biscuit Baron and a small note. I don't remember this. Neither do I. Shall I just, you know? Hillary will pick it up and flip the note open. I was going to say you probably shouldn't, but I see that you're just going to do it. Okay. (sighs) Sorry, I'm, I'm very bad at this investigation thing. It's well, not really what I do. The fact that we're still intact to have this witty repartee uh, shows that uh, at least it didn't explode. Uh, not yet, at least. It could be primed. That's that's fair. He still continues to read it. The note itself is be seeing you soon, Carl. I really don't like that man. The last time he bought his stuff, you seemed pretty okay about it. That was it immediately before he tried to horribly murder us all. And mutilate us all and sick bounty hunters on us. And It's before I knew, okay? I... Mea culpa, mea culpa. What, what, what is that, some kind of... Yes, yes never mind. A, a, le- a lean thing? My bad. It's not a tease. No, it's, it's not. I could never master it's her keys. It's a very juicy language. Anyway, I guess we'll just pop this in the bin. Let's keep moving. Please. I think we should check. You don't think 
He's he's here, do you? No, I didn't sense him. If that means anything. You didn't sense him. That's, that's good enough for me, I suppose. I said something else, but uh, it wasn't what? Pearl. <laughs> Probably just some kind of aquatic megafauna. I'm sure it's very normal. <laughs> yes, that's comforting. Anything to which the term mega can be applied. Okay. Very normal. A lot of submarine creatures are quite large because of the habitat, but aren't all that aggressive. Okay. I will take that as comfort. As best I can. <laughs> he, he's going to actually kind of take point on heading to the cockpit, because now he's eager to not be near the megafauna. I mean, that's fair. You get up to the cockpit. Beyond the ship being turned off, it looks almost exactly like you had left it. does look like it's been slightly cleaned, but it doesn't look like anything has been thrown aside if... Carl searched things, he was very kind about it and put everything back or was just trying to do some form of psychometry. Does it turn on? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. I'm going to punch up the Astro computer and uh, see if we can see where this thing went before it came here. Okay, I'll start the things with the, the stuff. He's All right. checking, like, give, levels and stuff. Give a shout if you find any things with the stuff. Yes. I'm going to get... Mm. I assume it's an astrogation. Yeah, for Koba, it's going to be an astrogation check. I'm just trying to figure out what the difficulty on that's going to be. I'm, I keep coming back to hard. I think that's fine. Especially if the ship got here through some sort of unorthodox methods at, at, some, at some point along its uh, trip. I am going to... Leslie? Going to talk the talk? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. I have to flip our other light side point, though. You know what? I'd, I'd like this mystery solved. We probably won't really get a full answer, but do it. Koba talks the talk. <laughs> I flip a destiny point to use, uh, in this case, streetwise instead of the other knowledge. Three <laughs> advantage. Not rolling a lot of successes tonight. Because yes, there was just it wasn't that there were failures that canceled my successes. I just rolled no successes at all, or failures, I guess. Three advantage. Hmm. So three advantages. The astrogation computer and the general uh, passive sensors of the ship. It looks like it immediately went from sitting on the landing pad on Jora and then into a very weird space that didn't seem to be registering properly with any of its sensors, that things were just doing weird, weird stuff with it. It was able to, to detect one being that came on board with it, but for the path that it went to, as far as the ship can tell, it essentially just transposed from Jora to this place that I got some weird readings from, and then it showed up under all this water. It then was properly shut down. No, there's no, there's no record of somebody plugging in th this destination in the Navi computer. Um, as far as the Navi computer, 
knows. The last destination that was plotted into it was the trip that y'all took to Jora. Okay. And so it's also not, there's also not like an obvious stopped at Imperial impound lot for a little bit or anything like that? No. The only place where it registered to be was that place where the readings made no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it was in a force realm. The Wuxi place. Yeah. Essentially, someone went poof, is now no longer there, and poof, somewhere else. Even if it had been picked up by a, like the hauler from Solo, its astrogation computer would still track its change. Yeah. Yeah, as far as this computer knows, it went from Jora to Force Place to the bottom of Dak. Either the Navic computer couldn't really make sense of where the ship was between here and Jora, or it's been corrupted or erased somehow that I'm not familiar with. Neither way, looks like it just kind of showed up. Kind of like us? Improbable as that sounds. Yeah, I'm beginning to think we eat improbable things for breakfast. Metaphorically, of course. Look, I've, I've told you that those are a common dug breakfast food. They're just so crispy. What's wrong with that? It's so loud first thing in the morning. It's to wake you up. Ah. Did we just canonically establish that Doug eat grape nuts? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at the levels. The ship looks like it's up and running okay. Nothing exciting going on? For the most part, I do want to get a pilot space transport or a agility off of Hillary. Just mostly see how long it takes, how well it comes up. The difficulty on it is going to be a red and a purple. (laughs) I now have far too many. Yes, you do. Dark side Um, points. Uh, I can't flip anything, so that's going to be a red and a purple and uh, two greens. At least it wasn't something brawn based <sighs> Two fail, one advantage. The ship itself does start up. It does take a fair amount of time to warm everything up because it seems like when whoever brought it here shut off the ship, it then cooled down relatively quickly. And that's one thing that being outside, you've definitely felt. The water out there is cold, so it's taking quite a bit of time for the engines to actually start. The battery backups are definitely working, but the actual engines going so that you can power it up and even move it, that is taking a long time to port power and port heat to. It's like trying to get a diesel engine going in the middle of winter. It's easily doable, but... I'm beginning to think we need to feed the ship some of your breakfast cereal, because it is somewhat slow. He taps a glass gauge front with a, a one of his claws, and you hear that tink, 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 tink. Quite slow. And these things weren't built for operating underwater. <laughs> Do you think we need to find somebody to make transparent aluminum? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Cockpit canopies, transparent steel. Well, I guess we'll just strap in and wait. Because I'm very good at that. Very good at waiting. I've heard show business is a lot of hurry up and wait. Is that true? You know what? You make a very fair comparison. Because, as I can when I am backstage, 
I can find something to juggle. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, lots of waiting and hence my ability to juggle so well. Normally this would be like a five-minute process of starting up a ship from a cold start. In this particular case, it's taking 15 minutes and it, while you are waiting, there's still that little bit of, well, is this ship actually going to work? Which it does. Oh, good. After about 15 minutes, the engines do start to their idle. At that point is when all the lights click on and the internals of the ship look like you can see normally coming out the transparent steel of the cockpit and also off of the dome over the lounge area. Now, since the internal lights are on, bright light is coming from there. And you start seeing in front of the ship, fish start to show up and they start looking in. These are the wonderful deep, dark fish that generally don't ever really see much light unless they produce it themselves or other fish or animals are making it. How are they reacting to our lights? At the moment, there's a school of fish that is slowly circulating in front of the cockpit, like moving enough so that they keep breathing, but otherwise not really doing a whole heck of a lot. And at that particular moment, I am figuring that you feel a shudder in the ship. It starts off as a small shiver going through the ship. And then it's like the ship itself jumps five feet into the air and then starts doing the slowly falling back down a little bit like What was that? I was going to ask you. Um, sensors? Sensors. Those sort of things. Somewhere over here, I think. Who's our backup pilot in case Skip is not around? Because I feel like this needs to be established. Doug get defensive driving as a species talent. <laughs> yes, but I believe we were told that we weren't supposed to judge you based on that. So I didn't want to assume. Right, but I have it. Yes, that's good. Um, hopefully we don't need it. Are life sign uh, sensors a thing in Star Wars? Um... Yeah. I was sort of figuring the plot that, requires it. <laughs> Fair answer. What is sensors in Star Wars for absolute certainty is the rangefinder beneath the ship. And suddenly it looks like the ship itself and the silt dune that is on the far side of the ship from the base is now not there. It's now very much a cloud of silt that seems to be growing up a bit. Um, is it supposed to do that? I don't know. I haven't been on the ocean floor very much. Uh, nor I. Um, would that be... Your megafauna. I suppose if... I don't know, we woke it up. We're going to see if we can get us moving, even if it's not particularly ornery. It might still knock us around by accident. Good plan. Tell me what to do, and I shall do it. 
Hillary's got his hands out over the console. Just, just <laughs> sit in there. Just sit there. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Kaba attempts to make the ship move. I'm figuring with all the stuff going on, it's going to be a... It does feel like a two-red kind of a space transports. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not happy about it per se, but I think it's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hold a point just to give me a... Okay. A, a one yellow. Seems reasonable. By all means. This is, this is just pure agility. One failure and three advantage. Oh, those reds really came for me. Huh? Yeah, that they did. The ship is online. There's a lot going on. The silt all of a sudden is almost enveloping the ship. And now things are falling. What I'm thinking happens is like you hear a thump of a boulder falling near the ship. Then it's like, okay, schmeg this, we're gone. Putting the ship into maneuvering, trying to get it to the hangar. What I'm thinking happens is a another boulder, not quite as big this time, actually does ding off of the back engine area where one of the escape pods are. You can hear that loud clang going through the entire ship, just sort of resonating there for a bit. And the entire ship itself jerks. Right after the boulder hits the ship, the back of the ship goes down, the front of the ship goes up, You've got the light from the cockpit blasting out. There, three feet away from the front of the ship, a giant eye. I'm kind of thinking like T-Rex outside the Bronco in Jurassic Park. Yeah. The way the water is around the silver chill causes the nose to dive down again. It got compressed going down and then sort of springing the other way. And you're able to jam the throttles forward, causing the ship to lurch forward away from wherever that eye was and towards the hangar. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to get us in the hangar as soon as possible. Must go faster. Please, please. I'm just maybe, sitting here. Maybe if you got out and pushed. I, do you know what? That would be more tempting if there weren't a giant eye that's bigger than me. I have no retort. <laughs> because it's bigger than you. Is there anything I can do to be helpful? Or can I just sit there clutching the chair in utter terror? Well, you do bring up a good point. I probably should get a uh, fear check off of the two of you. Sorry. Sorry. Mm. That's <laughs> Based on everything, it should be a hard fear check. So discipline or will, if you don't have discipline. You know, I'm talking to force users, so. Or if you've got something else that works in place of discipline. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I play it cool? What's the difficulty? Hard. Yeah, so three purple. I'm afraid. Cool. Can I use a cool check instead of a discipline? Do you have a talent that does that? Or is that... No, it's just a better stat. <laughs> in this particular case, I'm going to go with no. Okay. I'm going to go with it should be a discipline check. All right. It could be worse. Again, it could be brawn-based. <laughs> I am not afraid, but I might be having heart palpitations. 
I got two success, one of which is a triumph, and two threat. All right, so you're definitely keeping your head on that. What or what are we going to do with that triumph? Since I'm not piloting, can I flip all of our floodlights on and then off again so that I, I temporarily blind the thing that's looking at us so we can get away? Yeah, I can totally go with that. That with that, yeah, you flip the lights on, off, and you're able to essentially flash blind the giant being, and you're able to actually get away. That I totally go get behind. I'm hoping that maybe from a previous advantage or something, we've, we, we've got our bearings well enough that we can head back towards the right lights. I didn't bother to follow up on the three advantage that Koba slash Brandon got for the piloting check. Works for me. Okay. <laughs> Lights get flashed on, shut off. In fact, most of the interior lighting gets turned down. The shining turtle of the Githrock cuts through the water and is able to get to the hangar bay. This hangar bay is a bit different than most. It actually has an airlock for the ship. Guess kind of makes more sense. Outer door opens. The silver shell drops in. Top door closes. As the water's draining out, you hear a couple... Th- metal heavy thunk thunks on the uh, outer door then the inner door opens you're able to land in the hangar directly across from the rental car that is there will that fit on our ship take up a lot of the storage room but yes noted i have a feeling that thing's not going to give up quite that easily we should try to reconnect with cash and, and skip and hope that they haven't gotten into any kind of trouble while you've been gone. I can't imagine. They were going to the library. They couldn't have gotten in that much trouble. Yes, surely. What what could have happened? Thank you for listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. I'm on Twitter at Ace Picarito, A-C-E-P-I-K-O-R-I-T-O. And I am at Leslet GS, forever and always. We are all at TheHydeanWay.com, where you can find previous episodes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We are also on Facebook as The Hydean Way, and you can holocom us at heroes at theheideanway.com. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash theheideanway. Or you can send us some depth charges <laughs> at ko-fi.com slash how far away is the anomalous vessel? The anomalous vessel is 1.2 kilometers. <laughs> uh, some kind of strange whale creature. It's really long. In- Kind of sectional. Yeah, about three quarters of a mile. <laughs> All right. I mean, 
As you can see, the wonderful picture of Anakin. Oh, that's Anakin? Yeah. I, I didn't recognize him without the, the hair. Fair enough. Yeah, that's Anakin in the four-parter on Mon Cala. And I'm assuming that Obi-Wan's in trouble on account of he's got two lightsabers. And his is not pulled. Does his suit have fringe or is that something behind him? In that particular case, it's something behind him. Okay. I think it's giant jellyfish. That would be terrifying. Because I'm pretty sure that's what's behind him on the left, the gills of the jellyfish. Could be mushrooms. I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like they're fairly similar creatures in a way. Hmm. Jellyfish have always just been sort of Metroids to me. Anyway. It's a French press, so would it be a Twi'lek press? Oh, yeah, probably. Ryloth? Ryloth, yeah, Ryloth uh, press. Rylothian press, yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense, yeah. That. I made a connection. I'm gonna. So, a question. What does mm-hmm. defensive driving do? I think it removes uh, setbacks. Nothing useful. It? <laughs> it increases the defense of any vehicle that the character pilots by one. Okay. So, it's 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 very literally what it sounds like. It just. Uh, yeah, that's a I, little more literal than I was expecting. I think it might also be. I only have like how, what I wrote down as notes. I, I think it also may be a situation where the rules don't cover starships; they are literally vehicles, so it wouldn't mm. even count now anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Because that there is a that that it rules distinction does exist. Yeah, um, I know. I was just. Either way, uh, unless unless something's attacking us, uh, yeah, well, it's not relevant regardless. I would likely apply it to a bunch of stuff dropping. Sure. 